If you have been asking if healing is real, stick around and find out that healing is for real. And we don't mean maybe. My name is Tony. And I am Zin. And we are two witnesses and representatives of the miraculous gospel of healing. Boom! And bam! I'm Tony Myers. And I am Zinil Fuego. And we are back with the Gospel of Healing podcast. The miraculous gospel. Not just the gospel. The miraculous gospel. Especially if you listen to the last episode, it'll give you a context as to why I'm emphasizing the miraculous gospel. <laughs> right? Because if Yahweh is science and great miracles... Then anything that comes out of Yahweh has to be wonders, signs, and miracles. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and now today, we're going to talk about Elohim. And along with that, we are going to get... You can't discuss Elohim without discussing covenants. Because... Mm-hmm. It is synonymous. One goes with yes. the other because One it's by definition. And yeah. so, um, take her away, Mr. Zane. All right. So, if you listen to the last episode, we spoke about the definition of God that was given to Moses. Right? As I mentioned, there are two definitions of God. That's one in chapter 6, and then the other one is in chapter 34. The first one is the covenantal definition of what God is. In the covenant, the second one, Exodus 34. Many people don't know this, but the second one, given Exodus 34, was actually a definition of God's perspective as to how to apply the covenant. But we're not getting into that, we're just speaking about what God is according to the definition. Now, when we read that, let me just read it one more time so that we keep context here. It says, and I'm reading again, I, this is from Exodus chapter 6, verse 2. Remember, what Yahweh is saying here is actually a definition of what Yahweh is, right? Then it says from from verse 2, Then God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am Yahweh. So that's the name, I am Yahweh. Then what follows is a definition of what Yahweh does. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God, as, as El Shaddai. But by my name Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them in acts and great miracles. So we know that Yahweh comes with acts and great miracles. I also established my covenant with them. So God establishes covenant, which means God keeps the covenant. He brings it into manifestation. To give them the land of Canaan in the new covenant, that's the kingdom of God. The land in which they lived as strangers, temporary residents, and foreigners. And I have also heard the groaning of the sons of Israel. So we know that God hears groanings. We see that all throughout the Bible. He hears the oppressed, whom the Egyptians, who would be the darkness in the new covenant, have enslaved. So if you if you are plagued with sicknesses, diseases, and infirmities, that's darkness enslaving you. 
and I have faithfully remembered my covenants with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, Israel being the ones who rule like Elohim, that's us now, I am Yahweh, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of, of the Egyptians, which means I am going to bring you out of darkness, out of your sicknesses, your diseases, your infirmities, out of your mental health issues, and I will free you from their bondage. I will redeem and rescue you, which is what he did through Jesus in the new covenant. And I rescue with an outstretched, vigorous, powerful arm, which means the arm of God here is the Holy Spirit, which is why you have the Holy Spirit. And with great acts of judgments against the darkness, which means that's why you have all the supernatural power. Then I will take you for my people and I will be your Elohim. And you shall know that I am Yahweh, your Elohim, who redeemed you and brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, or from the new covenant, the darkness. I'll bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, the kingdom, and I will give it to you as a possession, which is why you are co-heir in the new covenant. I am Yahweh. You have the promise of my changeless omnipotence and faithfulness. Okay. Now, Moses had the the, old, the, the, the law of Moses, which was known as the law of God. Through Jesus, you have the new covenant. And the new covenant is very simple. You identify with Yeshua, and you inherit what Yeshua has. Right? This is how you overcome the rule according to, to Jesus in Revelation. By identifying with him, you take on his mindset, and you inherit what he has. You come Say into that him. one more time. You identify with Yeshua, you take on his mindset, and you inherit everything that he has. You come into his covenant with God. He doesn't come into your covenant. You come into his. And all you need to do is to identify with him. Right? And you inherit everything that he has. The point of reference. The point of reference. <laughs> lovely, lovely. <laughs> so... Then the question is, what is a covenant? And it's very simple. What we understand an agreement is in the Western culture is not exactly what, how we understand a covenant in the Bible. And I believe because of our understanding of Western covenant understanding of, of an agreement, it's because of that we, are, we have that contributing to some instability. In the Western world, an agreement is where two people come together establish terms and conditions and once each other once the, once the terms and conditions are agreeable they sign a contract and voila you're in an agreement but we do that within a system of law where there's a judge or a legal system that if the person does not keep the covenant you have a recourse by going to the law you go to a judge you go to a court which means in western culture you come into the agreement with the expectation of somebody not keeping the agreement. That's why you're so shaky with God, because you're taking Western perspectives and attributing it to God in scriptures. In Bible, a covenant is not that. The ancient way of forming a covenant usually meant where two people are actually going to come together. They come together with their terms and conditions, which is what translators translated as commandments. The word commandments doesn't exist in the actual text. 
It's promises. That's what it was called. Your word, your promises. God gave his word, Israel gave their word. Commandments does not exist in the Bible. I just need to say that. So the covenant was made very simply where two people would, would actually bring an animal, which something like a lamb, and then go through this ritual, very simply, they go through this ritual where they, they're going to come into covenant, they come into a pact, and before they actually made the, the pact, they would take the animal and they would cut the animal, they kill the animal and they cut the animal into pieces and heap all of its parts with, with the blood. And then they will approach each other and make the covenant, which means this is my word, you give me your word, and once this is agreeable, we are now, we make a covenant. The covenant was, I bring me and everything that comes with me to keep my covenant with you. And if I falter in any way to take everything that I have, everything that I possess, all of my resources to take care of you, let me be like the animal that I just cut up. Let me say it again. <laughs> so you can register this. A covenant in the scriptures is where two people would come together and they, they would go through a particular ritual where they will cut up an animal. That's what you see Abraham doing when he was making the covenant with God. He cut the animal in two. And he puts it in a particular place because he's making covenant with God. The covenant is, you, you bring this animal, you cut the animal into pieces that represented, had a representation, and your, your, your pact was, I, it's to say you and God, you and God approach each other, well, Jesus and God, because you're coming to Jesus' covenant. If you come approach each other and say, I am making this agreement with you, this covenant with you, and I am bringing everything concerning me and all of my resources to take care of you. And if I fail to do that, to the best of my, my understanding, let, let us be as the animals that we have just cut up. This is a commitment without expectation of, re of retracting from that covenant. This is how God approaches you with covenants. It's a poor Monty. It's all in. All in. All I'm in. Keep, I'm keeping it. Period. One one hundred percent. One hundred percent. So when you are reading God's covenant, this is God's perspective. He, everything is there, the full kingdom coming with it. And covenant also means that you coming into covenant are agreeing to bring your entire life, everything that you have, and you're bringing it for the service of God. Right? Which is why covenant came with, in Bible, covenant comes with the expectation of a life adjustment to express the covenant. This is why life would change dramatically. It's like, today... If any one of us listening here decides we want to go to university or find another job, our life is scheduled around that job or around the itinerary of the university. In the same way, when we come into the covenant with God, 
the covenant was made to be the center and your life is center is, is, is structured around that covenant most of us were not taught that we were taught jesus as a as a as a moral compass like a religious icon and so you're continuing to live your life and you're trying to headlock jesus and say hey give me a good wife hey give me money bless me <laughs> because you won't introduce to covenant life right so in essence this is what covenant is and when you're when you're referring to covenant with god this is the perspective that god is really approaching you with and this is the expectation of you that that god has of, that god has of you when it comes to that that's on the camera looking very blurry there let's take some time to adjust there yeah. all right there we go <laughs> yeah so that that's covenant what is elohim this is the second thing we have been taught that god when we say god we're referring to this person the bible does not mean that the bible uses the translation of the word god in the bible which is unfortunate because we have been using as holy brother tony puts it we've been using zeus as the reference point to understand the father of jesus or the god of abraham isaac and jacob not only is yahweh explained there in, in, in Exodus 6 and what he is and what, what he does in covenant. The Yahweh is also understood as Israel's Elohim. If you go through Deuteronomy, for example, Moses constantly says, Yahweh, your Elohim, which is the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God. You see it referenced continuously because he's saying that Yahweh is their Elohim. Now, the word Elohim does not mean what you have been taught, which is that this is just the almighty person that is governing all things. Even though that God is almighty, the term God in the Bible does not mean that. The term God is a translation of the word Elohim, and Elohim means authority and power. In two ways. Number one, that God is authoritative and powerful, but number two, if the God and Father of the Lord Jesus is your God and Father, then what that means, notice it always says God and Father, or sometimes God, the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the term Father in Scriptures is actually a term used by the ancients to refer to the one from whom you get your mindset. The one from whom you get your mindset. This is not a physical, biological thing, even though by a, as a byproduct, your biology aligns to your mindset. But the term father in the Old Testament to the ancients is the one from whom you get your mindset. That means if a situation arises and you are not interfacing with that situation as, as, as your father, you have no right calling that person your father. Right? And I don't mean that by, that by condemnation. I really mean that in the context that you should wake up and consider. Seriously take into consideration, are you interfacing with situations with God as your father or with other sources as your father? Because when the man made a decision to listen to the serpent, 
right after that, he called him the seed of the serpent, which meant that he made the serpent his father by listening and acting upon what the serpent said. Does that make sense? Perfect. Nice. The God goes hand in hand with that. Elohim is the one that you use as your source of strength or your power, your authority. In our terms, in, West, in the Western world, we would say that that is your, your confidence. For example, something happens with you at home. Let's say someone happened to sue you. You end up in court. You go, you get an attorney. The attorney tells you, I need this, 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 provide me with this. You need to go and do this, 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 and this. Bring these documents to me, and I will do this, this, this. You listen to what that attorney says, to the, to the letter for that attorney to function for you. That, you just made that attorney your confidence. You just made that attorney your Elohim. That's the person that you are feel you feel conf, confident with, and because what he says is what it is, if the attorney says so and so and somebody says, "Hey, I heard about your case. You should consider this." No, my attorney says this. That is how you're supposed to be treating God. <laughs> that is how you're supposed to be treating God. That is how Israel treated the priests, right? So much that God told them. If the priest, whatever the priest says, that shall stand. And if you do not listen to the priest, you could be stoned to death. In the same way you treat the attorney as your strength, that is what Elohim means. Elohim means your confidence and your strength. So when you say, I trust God, what you're saying is that you trust God as your confidence, you trust Yahweh as your confidence and as your strength. And just as you listen to every single detail that the attorney gives you and execute everything that he says to execute, he or she says to execute, in the same way, you, if you're making Yahweh your God, the God and Father of Jesus, which is Yahweh as we know him, your God, just like Jesus makes him his God, then you have to treat Yahweh, El Shaddai, just as Jesus treats him. Jesus, this, and I just want to end with this right here. In the book of Revelation chapter 1, it says Jesus' feet is like burnished brass in a furnace. Brass in a furnace looks white, hot. Right? It says burnished brass. That is a scriptural reference to how Moses referred to brass. He used brass to refer to the heavens when someone is approaching, when the wicked is talking to God. He says that the heavens would be like brass. That means that in Revelation chapter 1, Jesus' feet is like burnished brass. It means that every step he takes, he treats the knowledge of good and evil. Any thought that is not what his father says, as though he is the heavens of brass to that thought. It is not even to be considered. It is not even given thought. That's how 
you and I are supposed to be walking. Amen. How did I do? <laughs> 20 minutes. Very good. <laughs> Concise yeah. and right I'm, on point. Right on point. For those of you listening, Holy Brother and I was actually Holy Brother Tony and I were just speaking about giving all this information in less than 30 minutes. I'll be there 20. Yeah. <laughs> we keep it in bullets. <laughs> yes. Because we want to be able to get this out. Yeah. So that everyone really gets it. We want you to get it. So that you can actually walk in that walk in healing. And by the way, which brings me to I just want to introduce one of the upcoming episodes with saying this. Using when you say God, what you're saying is that Yahweh is your final authority, just like that attorney is your final authority. And that's exactly the way to view it. Yeah. And we're gonna get into that in the next episode. Um, so, and here's the thing, and both me and Holy Brother Zane agree with this. Problem with Christianity is, is too abstract. Yeah. And there's no clear definitions displayed. That's why you've got so many different denominations and so many different beliefs because yeah. it's dealt with the Western mindset, but along with that, in abstraction, not mm. in clear, logical, concise Thoughts. definitions, yeah. mindsets, patterns. Yeah. And with that, be blessed. Be healed. Get up and do something. <laughs> there you go. And be a blessing. Get someone else to get up and do something. Amen. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Bam.